to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your maestros for this program. I am Dave, and I'm joined by the other dude, Ike. Ike, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Me too. As everybody knows, if they follow us on social media, and I'm assuming if you listen, that you follow some form of our social media, which, by the way, is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Just look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two, and Screams. But if you follow us on one of those, you know that, hey, we just got back from vacation. Uh, yes, we know there were programs that came out, but we talked about it. We pre-recorded those. Uh, but now we're back in our regular routine and groove, and it feels kind of weird. I, I know it's only been two weeks since we've recorded, but I'm feeling off, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a, oh, what do you call it? A little bit of that post-vacation blues, you know? It's like <laughs> I, I miss, although it's beautiful here in North Carolina today. It's gorgeous. It's sunny and in the 70s. It's not the weather thing. It's just uh, uh, being back at work and the routine. I, I like my routines. Trust me, my my brain is wired for routines. But uh, <laughs> man, you missed the, you know, you just missed that that leisure time. But uh, but I'm glad to be back here, Ike. I'm glad to be back here with you. I'm glad to talk horror movies. Uh, and uh, today we will be reviewing. What are we reviewing? We're we'll reviewing Knock at the Cabin uh, by In Night Shyamalan. Uh, and uh, it, we went and saw that in theater, so we will be talking about that. Before we do, uh, thank you for joining us, as you always do, and make sure you subscribe to us wherever you do. Uh, as always, a special thanks to our wives, Monica and Kayla, uh, who, you know, as sick as they normally are, are probably even more sick after spending so much time with us on vacation. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, but on a note, that does bring us to another thing we need to talk about, uh, speaking of Monica and Kayla. That starting next episode, Ike, we have decided uh, at the at the persistence of the wives, so to speak, that uh, there's going to be a new uh, occasional segment here on the program that we're going to call the wives rebuttal. Uh, and this is going to be a simple segment where, yes, they're going to come on the show mm-hmm. and they're going to in just a short period of time. They're going to counterpoint one of our reviews. Uh, they're going to they're going to find a movie that they disagree with us on. And uh, I, I figured that's not going to be hard uh, because, <laughs> you know, we tend to like almost every movie we review in some capacity. Uh, so uh, they're coming on next week. Like I said, next episode will be the first segment called, uh, like I said, we're calling it the wise rebuttal where uh, Monica and Kayla will be on the show for a bit to, uh, to counterpoint our movie. And I, I believe uh, they are going to, uh, for this first time, they're going to counter our opinions on Skinamarink. Yep. Is that right? That is yes. right. We uh, we both enjoyed Skinamarink. We both thought it was tense and fun. And I think we I believe if I remember right, we gave it four four screams, and I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I could be I could be wrong with that, but I, I believe. Uh, but we will discuss that more next episode when they're on. Uh, but uh, anyway, moving forward, as always, uh, we'd like to issue a spoiler warning. We do discuss movies on this podcast. Uh, so we may spoil some plot points, etc. You have been warned. Uh, so I, uh, like I said, we've been on vacation. We've been away. Uh, I don't have anything really that I've watched. I, I've, I've been back home. I've kind of, I've not even really gotten back in the groove of watching things. I've, I've kind of watched a little bit more of American Horror Story, trying to catch up on that. But otherwise, man, I haven't watched a whole lot outside of going to the theater and watching Knock at the Cabin. How about you? Um, honestly, um, I, I've been a little bit different, um, to be honest though, or I should say to be fair, um, when we got off the cruise ship, uh, you know, Dave, he had a two day trip back home 
Um, you know, yes. they, they like to break their trip up. So, you know, you got home probably what Friday. So then you yes. had a couple days where you had to basically get back in the groove of things. I was back home on Thursday cause I was only three hours from where we were cruising. Um, so I had a lot of free time after I got home. Um, <laughs> so Friday, like you said, I wouldn't watch knock at the cabin. Uh, but also I had an opportunity to watch uh, two movies. Both of them, I think, are only on Voodoo or for purchase elsewhere. Um, but I watched Pearl. Um, oh, I, you know what? Actually, I watched Pearl as well. Take that <laughs> back. I did watch something. I, I forgot until you said that. I forgot I did watch Pearl. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait a second. Uh, but no, yeah, I watched Pearl. I loved it. It was really good. Um, you know, obviously that sequel, that trilogy of movies with uh, Mia Goth, um, which is um, X, Pearl, and then Maxine, which is going to be the next yeah. one. Um, uh, you know, honestly, so far, batting a thousand, in my opinion, Pearl was really good. Um, it definitely kind of had that, that old timey feel to it. Uh, had that eeriness, that ominous yeah. feeling, just like that psych, almost like a psycho feeling. Um, yeah. It really I, reminded me of that. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Uh, I didn't like it as much as X. I, I still think right. X is a really, really strong movie. And uh, but I did enjoy Pearl. And I, I, I love Mia Goth. Uh, she is just killing it right now. And um, and again, it was one of those movies where it started. And I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. And then <laughs> it really started, started building. It started getting there. And and by the time it was over, they, they had me hooked. So I, I do I do look forward to the third one. So no, me too, me too. Um, the other movie that I watched that I actually watched on Voodoo was Fall. Um, <clears throat> Fall's the movie where uh, two girls basically climb this uh, old like telephone service pole type thing, and it's not a pole. It's it's like a tower, um, but it's like a thousand foot off the ground, and they they're like experienced climbers. There's more to it than that, but basically they climb it and. Uh, the ladder breaks and they're stuck at the top and they have to kind of figure out how to how to get down. Um, but uh, yeah, I watched it and I got to be honest with you, I was not expecting it to be good. But like the I watched it and the more I watched it, I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Um, it was a very tense movie. Very, very tense. Um, I don't I wouldn't say that I have a particular fear of heights, but watching this movie, I, <laughs> I did. Um I wasn't liking how high up they were. It was very unnerving. So uh, honestly, I wish I would have been able to go watch this in theaters because they actually had it in IMAX. And honestly, oh. I think seeing it in IMAX would have been fantastic um, just if, just because of how high up they were and how big the screen is. I feel like that would have been fantastic. But yeah, yeah. yeah Monica, Monica watched Fall. She enjoyed it, too. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I just uh, a day or two ago realized that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it. And I don't even yeah. know how I came across that, so I thought, oh, that's cool. And uh, man, I I am I have a lot of trepidation about watching that movie because uh, I I I don't like heights, and it's not it's not the heights. It's I don't like feeling insecure in heights, right? It's that yeah. fear of falling part, right? I can be up high if I'm in a building looking out the window, I'm good, I don't care. But I can't like go out on a balcony and lean over and stuff like that. That's what it gets me. But uh, so I think this movie's gonna I don't know it might trigger me a little bit, but I still want to <laughs> see it. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, though, the only other thing I've been watching is uh, Last of Us, the TV show. Um, yes, me too. I, I, I've caught up on it so far, and the next episode actually comes out on Friday. So if yeah. you're probably listening to this on Thursday, the new Last of Us episode, if you're watching it, is out on Friday, not Sunday, because of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I've been watching that Last of Us. Such a good show. I actually just recently finished a playthrough of the first game because I was like, man, I want to play through the game since the TV show, the first season's about the first game. Yeah. Um, 
and, and honestly, such a good game, fantastic game. If you if even if you're not a fan of video games and you have a PlayStation, I would I would recommend getting it and playing it. It's it's worth the buy and it's usually pretty cheap since it's, you know it came out like ten years ago, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm one episode behind. I had watched the the latest episode and then I'll have uh I'll have Fridays to watch as well. But uh and I I do have I have a Winchester still to watch from this week. That uh, is available to me today as we're recording this, but so I'm watching that tonight. Can't wait to watch that um, because uh, mind blown. I know you're waiting until that's all the whole season's over before you watch it, but oh, they just oh, last week and we're gonna we're gonna veer to here for a moment. Everybody knows my love of the supernatural universe. <laughs> they 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 threw they threw a little swerve, a little curveball last episode that blew my mind and totally totally changes the complete complexion of the entire show entire show it, it is it's wild it's like I, I want to fucking say it to everybody but i'm like uh people haven't seen it yet and i it's not like i don't even want to give the detail of what happened i just want to tell what it means to the show right it's killing me but uh it's so good so good but it 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 ah it, uh, i gotta quit because i want to say so bad <laughs> I, I am not good at secrets and i'm not good I, i'm just not i am not good. i'm one of those people that it's like if I hear something, I just want to go online and just put it out there. I'm like, holy crap, do you believe this? And uh, but I don't. But uh, wow. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, I have that new episode to watch tonight. Uh, good thing is, good thing is, there's I don't think there's too many episodes left in this season, so you'll be able to watch it. And then I can, you know, I won't feel so bad. I don't care about the rest of the world. It's like I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for you right now. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. No, yeah, absolutely. As soon as all the episodes are out, me and the wife are gonna binge it because we love Supernatural too, and I really like the concept of winchester so yeah definitely going to be binging it as soon it as is, possible <laughs> it, it is good it, it it gets better right it, it gets i mean to me it started out great but it, it to me it gets better every episode and let me just say all the questions that people have of oh how the hell are you doing this this doesn't make sense and one fell swoop they answered it all yep it, clearly it's great it's great uh anyway no more of that uh, <laughs> we'll move on this is not a Winchester's podcast, although that would be something that I would very much enjoy. But uh, but something else I enjoy, Ike, is uh, our game that we play here on Listen to Their Screams. So let's now play Top 3. Top 3. <laughs> and on this episode, we are going to talk about our Top 3 favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies. And of course, this ties right in, since we're discussing Knock at the Cabin, uh, Shyamalan's latest film that is out in theaters now. Uh, so, Ike, do you have your top three favorite M. Night movies? I always got, always carry that thing on me. <laughs> Laminated in your wallet, huh? Amen. Never know when you're going to need that list. <laughs> true, true. Could save my life. Who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I, I will say this, uh, this, this wasn't as hard as some of the lists we made, but it, it is still a little difficult because I, I have – Here's my thing. I have a handful that I really like of his movies, right? So getting it down to three wasn't too hard. Then it was kind of trying to determine the order a little bit was kind of weird to me because yeah. Uh, and, and I, I very much stick to the, the, the philosophy of movies I enjoy and movies that have rewatch value for me. That that's my easiest way of narrowing these down. It's like, is it a movie that if I was was to see on, I'd be like, oh heck yeah, I'll watch this again. That that's that's the easiest way for me to do these lists, and uh, that's why I always key on that word favorite. Right. We don't think these are his best movies, per se, or or most critically acclaimed or whatever you want to call it. These are our favorites. Absolutely. So uh, let's see. Usually, like you start. So I'll start. I'll start today. Do it. My number three favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie from 2002 signs. Uh, 
And I know this movie, this movie gets knocked a lot. I see people knock this movie a lot. I love this movie. It is so fun to me. I love Mel Gibson in it. I, I love Joaquin Phoenix in it. I just think it's a fun movie. Uh, and again, if you're looking at quality, maybe, yeah, it's probably not one of his best movies, but just <laughs> fun watchability to me. I, I To me, this is this is a great movie. Yeah, I've seen Signs. Um, it's actually been a while since I've seen that movie, but um, <laughs> I like, here it is. I'm like, I love it. It's got a lot of rewatchability. You're like, yeah, I've seen Signs. <laughs> no. So if I'm remembering correctly, this is the one about aliens, right? It is. Yes. Okay. All right. And I, okay. So the movie came out 20 years ago. So if you haven't seen it, I guess go fuck yourself. But uh, uh <laughs> but no, this is where they pour, like the the aliens are weak to water, right? Yes. Okay. So I don't hate the movie. I do think that's a little bit of a silly plot line to it. So I guess that's probably why I didn't make my list. But if I, I, I was remembering correctly that it has a Culkin in it, uh, Rory Culkin, if I believe yeah. I remember correctly, yeah, and yeah. Abigail correct. Breslin. Yes, um, correct. Of uh, Zombieland fame, if I yes. remember correctly. So. And, and, and wasn't she in Little Miss Sunshine? Is that, am I thinking of the right actress? Uh, yeah, I think so. I believe so. Yep, Little Miss Sunshine. I just looked her up. Little yep. Miss Sunshine, definitely, maybe um lots of good stuff but yeah, I, I know absolutely. i know that it's you know clear to everybody that if i'm thinking of her movies that little miss sunshine pops immediately to mind for some reason <laughs> i don't even know if i've seen that movie i don't know why i think it's because maybe it's her first kind of bre- or, you know breaking standout role i don't know i don't know right. why i've swayed on this tangent about little miss sunshine, <laughs> little miss sunshine. so let's progress um, <laughs> i feel like i feel like we've gone down a, uh, i've taken us to a dark place here uh, oh yeah, but she is in Zombieland. I love Zombieland. That, there we go. That's a better segue. Uh, <laughs> I loved her in Zombieland. Yeah, I do too. I love everything about Zombieland. Um, it has nothing to do with M Night Shyamalan though. So, uh, so let's keep progressing here, Ike, because this the wheels have fallen off this bus real quick, and it might be the tinfoil hats are in signs. Uh, what is your number three favorite M Night movie? So, um, let me preface it by saying that all of mine, um, I, I don't think we're gonna have any overlap, but my number three is old from 2021. Um, so old, very, very good movie. Very yes, good movie. Uh, honestly, it, it, that was another movie that I watched and I was like, wow, I had no idea what was going to happen in this movie, but what little idea I did have, um, absolutely not what I thought was going to happen at all. Um, but yeah, old was, was one of those movies that you watch and, and you're constantly, like I said, you're guessing what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And then by the end of the movie, when you're like, they finally tell you what's happened, you're like, there's no way. Like, that's like, what? And it's just, oh, man, I love it. Old is fantastic. Old, um, honestly, it, it has some interesting actor choices, if I had to say, um, like Alex Wolf. uh who for people who don't know was like, he was like a Nickelodeon star. He, he was like the naked <laughs> brothers band, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, Th- Thomas and McKenzie, who is from uh, last night in Soho, which is, I think is probably her most recent big thing. And there's obviously some other folks, but those two particularly stood out to me. Um, but yeah, old's fantastic. It has your classic M night Shyamalan twist. And I, for once had, I would have never guessed it. Never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's funny. M Night, he's not afraid to cast what he wants, what he feels is yeah. best, and who he goes. With. I mean, he doesn't really, he never goes. I mean, he doesn't go overall with conventional type actors. I mean, conventional no. as in like who's you know the hottest mainstream. You know, he he purely does look for just whoever's best for the role. M Night is very confident in his movies, 
and is very secure in letting the movie stand on its own. And uh, that's why you, I, don't, I, I believe if you if you listen, he doesn't respond to criticism a lot. He just kind of lets it go because he believes that, you know, he believes the movies stand for themselves. And typically, I think they do. Um, yeah. So uh, let's progress on here. Number two, my favorite number, my number two, excuse me, favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie from 2016, Split. Um, oh. Fucking uh, James McAvoy in this movie. My God, off the charts. Uh, I don't even know how many personalities he played. What did they determine? It was 20 something personalities. I don't know if he yeah. played them all, but uh, it just and was so spectacular and making each personality feel like a different person in the movie. Um I, I, I love James anyway, but this movie was a spectacular. This I just I love this movie. I thought it was great. I thought it was so well written, so well acted. It was just enjoyable from beginning to end for me. Uh, Ike, what do you think of Split? Well, Split was also my number two. Um, All right, there you go. <laughs> so there was some overlap. I was I was thinking that you were going to go old M Night Shyamalan, um, because especially since well, you started out with Signs. Well, we're, <laughs> wait till we get to number one. <laughs> but. Absolutely. Uh, Split was also my number two. Split, again, like you said, James McAvoy, first and foremost, James McAvoy is going to be one of those actors that one day we're going to look back and he's going to be super underappreciated. James McAvoy is a jack of all trades. He does literally like 20 different people in this one movie, and they're all so different and unique. Now, obviously, this movie has received some criticism because it does – depict people with DID, which is the disassociative uh, uh, disassociative identity disorder, because um, a lot of people it used to be called split personality, but it's now referred to as DID. So it does obviously paint somebody with DID as potentially a danger um, when generally they're not to themselves or other people. But um, with that criticism aside, it, it does obviously shine a, a little bit of a spotlight on the disorder. And not to obviously say that the disorder is going to give you superhuman powers, but there are obviously some very stark anomalies with people who do have DID, which this, I think, really exemplifies. It really puts it up there on a pedestal, if you will. But also, I have to mention, Anya Taylor-Joy is in this, and Anya Taylor-Joy is probably one of my favorite actresses of this age. Again, going back to uh, Last Night in Soho, she was in that. Um, she was also in The Witch. Uh, I've not watched it, but it, everyone says it's really good. Queen's Gambit. And she's also a New Mutant, so among other things. So can't say enough praises about Anya. But yeah, that was my number two as well. Love Split. Yeah, me too. I will I will guarantee you then, based on how you're talking, we have different number ones. Because my number one, you said Old M. Night. Yes, I went Old M. Night with number one <laughs> from 1999. The Sixth Sense. Uh-huh. And because here's my thing. This fucking movie set the stage and I cannot get over that nostalgia of it. I, I love Bruce Willis. I think Haley Joel did excellent in it. But I cannot get over that feeling when you watch the movie of what it was like to watch it the first time and see that twist in it. Right. And again, this movie is however many years old. If you ain't seen it or heard the seen the memes or. Or whatever else, I don't know what to tell you, but when you get to the I see dead people part and you start realizing what's going on, I I, I feel, maybe not as intense, but I feel what I did the first time I felt it, right? And because as it's come to now, you've come to watch for the M. Night twist. 
you've come to expect it in most of his movies. Not all, but most of his movies. At this time, that, that wasn't a thing. And when you when it hits and you're like, whoa, and your mind's kind of blown, um, I love it. I, I think that's great. And again, it's just a great movie anyway. But then then it's like you that that experience of the flashbacks and, and seeing that movie then from that aspect and realizing what you didn't see the first time. I think it's so well done. I love the sixth sense. And again, it's you, you can never fully recapture what it was, you know, that first time when you didn't know what was happening, but it's still, it's still, I don't know. still gets me pumping a little bit when I see that and remember what it was like. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the sixth sense, but it's one of those movies that stick with you. Um, I would say that it's a pretty paramount, uh, film in my mind. Um, because it, it, like you said, it set the stage, not only for M. Night Shyamalan, but I think it definitely set the stage for an entire, you know, an entire generation of horror movies and suspense and thriller movies. Um, I, I, I have a very strong memory of the scene where I think it's the mom throws up in the tent. Um, and it just scares the ever living shit out of you because like, you're like, what the hell's going on? And she like vomits or whatever. And you're like, what the hell? So I have a very, very distinct memory of that from the movie for some reason. But yeah, absolutely. The, you know, I see dead people and it's, you know, flashback and it shows Will Smith. Uh, I about said Will Smith. Whoo, oh. Bruce Willis. Good Lord. <laughs> but as Bruce Willis, you know, he got shot in his bathroom by uh, Donnie Wahlberg, wasn't he? Yes. Donnie Wahlberg, yeah. So I think. Uh, yeah, let me look. Yep, Donnie Wahlberg. See, yeah. I, I'm on point today with these actor names, let me tell you. You are. <laughs> Even if you're questioning them a little bit when you say them, you're like, was it Donnie Wahlberg? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I guess my, my brain's pumping on all cylinders. Trust, but <laughs> Trust your gut, man. Trust your gut. <laughs> I got it. I got it. But yeah, absolutely. Sixth Sense, paramount movie. It is a staple of any supernatural horror film festival or horror film watch fest, if you will. Um, anytime I do one, I, I usually will start. I'll, I'll fit that in there somewhere. Yes, absolutely. And that brings us then to the peak here. What is your number one favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie? You know, um it was it, my, I think that with all things considered, I, I sat down, I thought about this a lot. Um, I think knock at the cabin is my number one. Huh? I, I tell I, you it, I, I gave it strong <laughs> consideration for my top three. Actually, I first, I, when I first made my list, I had it at three and, uh, I bumped it for signs with a little bit of the nostalgia, but it was, it is legit. And we'll talk about this more in a bit. It is legit. I mean, this might be a spoiler for our review, uh, I thought it was legit good enough to make the top three, and I can I can understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I won't go into it too much because, like I said, we're going to review it here in a second. But um, going into Knock at the Cabin, you know, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, not to say that he's had a little bit of a rocky past, uh, but some of his movies haven't landed as well as others. Um, obviously, in recent years, we've had some good ones like Old Glass and Split. But we've also had some not so good ones like The Last Airbender or The Happening or Lady in the Water. Um, not to say that I don't like those movies because I I have some respect for them. But, you know, I, I wasn't expecting so much from uh, M. Night because he has had a little bit of struggle. But when I sat down and watched this movie, it was one of those things that from start to finish, I was enthralled. And I won't say much more than that, but that 
for sure is probably that's the reason why it peaked its way to number one. Absolutely. And again, we'll I won't discuss, I won't say anything about that because we're going to talk about it here in a bit. And uh, right. it, it, but it was a very fun movie, and I can I can completely understand it being that high on your list. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll discuss some news after this. Remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. All right, we're back here on Listen to Their Screams, and now let's talk about some news. We don't uh, don't really have any new releases or upcoming releases. Um, I'm sure there were some things out there, and I apologize if I missed anything, if we missed anything in our research. Again, I think they're just the coming back from vacation, trying to get back in routines. Uh, maybe we weren't quite as thorough with that, but, uh, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but before we get to the news, let's discuss uh, – let's, first, let's hit some upcoming birthdays, upcoming uh, movie anniversaries. Uh, February 11th, 1969, Jennifer Aniston was born, of course, most known for Friends. But for the case of this podcast, she's also very known – well, I don't know about very known, but she is in <laughs> Leprechaun. Uh, the the first one, which hey, I like Leprechaun, the first one. I love that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Some of the some of the sequels are a little what, but uh, you know, you know when they go in the hood and stuff. I don't know about all what? that. But the first you don't one, like Leprechaun in the hood or Leprechaun in I, space. I, I do not. <laughs> Atypically, if you put in space with anything, I'm not. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. I don't know why. But uh, and then uh, February 14, 1970, Simon Pegg was born. Of course, known for many many movies, star the new Star Trek movies, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, probably most closely tied to this podcast for Shaun of the Dead, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Simon Pegg fan. Love Simon Pegg. Love pretty much anything he is in because of him. Uh, so, yes, happy birthday coming up to Mr. Pegg. Uh, some upcoming movie anniversaries. February 11th, 1981, My Bloody Valentine was released, which we reviewed last episode. So if you did not hear that, go back and listen to that. February 13th. 2009, Friday the 13th was released. The the remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, uh, which we've determined is one of Ike's, if not his favorite, uh, <laughs> one of his favorites of the franchise. Uh, February 14th, 1931, Dracula was released by Universal with uh, starring the extraordinarily extraordinary Bella Lugosi, uh, one of my favorite classic horror movies of all time. And then on February 14th, 1991, Silence of the Lambs was released, a spectacular movie, a great movie. A movie that if you have not seen it or have you not seen it in a while, I urge you to watch or rewatch it. It is a great, great movie. Ike, what do you what, what do you think of Silence of the Lambs? So I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've oh, ever no. seen Silence of the Lambs all the way through. I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. And obviously I know the jokes about like um, whatever the guy's name is. He, it puts the lotion in its on its skin or it gets the hose again Buffalo. or whatever. Yeah. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Um, so like I know that um, and I know like the something about fava beans. I don't know if that's this movie or not. Um, it's it's Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter. And I, and I know who Hannibal Lecter is, but I have not seen this movie or any of the Hannibal Lecter movies. Anthony fucking Hopkins, man. Come on. Okay. So your assignment in the near future, you have to watch silence of the lambs all the way through. I know it's an older movie. I mean, it's got Jodie Foster. I'm telling you, you've got to, it is. I, I, I know there's sequels. I know there's prequels. I know there's a TV series. I don't know what all there is out there now. This, yeah. though, this movie, watch this movie and, and report back to us here in the next coming weeks. Find time. I, I, I will do watch that. Watch Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I, and your wife will like it, too. I guarantee you. It's a great movie. So that's your assignment. I'm perturbed now that you've not <laughs> seen Silence of the Lambs. That's right. That's right. That's right. So let's get on to some news so I can change my, my train of thought here. 
George A. Romero Foundation has announced that they are releasing the Dead audio series. And I'm reading this straight from the official press release that was put out by them. Cynodigum? Uh, I'm not sure how you say it. Cynodigum? The leading in a. Yeah, Cynodigm. There you go. I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say. <laughs> Cynodigm, sorry. My bad. It's all good. I'm, I'm old and fucked in the head. Uh, <laughs> Cynodigm, the leading independent streaming company, super serving, super serving enthusiastic fan bases. I don't know. Super serving sounds a little weird to me. Uh, announced that, that they. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all disheveled now. Announced that its multi platform horror brand, Bloody Disgusting, will co produce a new scripted audio series titled The Dead with the George A. Romero Foundation. The Dead will tell new stories that take place in George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead universe, expanding on the characters and activities from the iconic film series. Set to be 24 episodes long, the podcast will feature a full cast and be entirely scripted. It will be distributed as part of the growing Cinedive podcast network everywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, they haven't given any dates or anything else to this, but I'm super excited uh, anything that you say is tied to Romero and his uh, Night of the Living Dead universe or of the Dead universe, uh, I'm super psyched for. I, I typically don't listen to scripted audio drama type podcasts, but I'm telling you, I, I probably give this one uh, I give this one a listen. Like, what do you think of this? Yeah, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan of zombies. I'm a huge fan of the Night of the Living Dead and related, you know, stories and movies. I've seen pretty much all of them, if not all of them. Um, I am hesitant about the whole, like, audio scripted series just because, I don't know, there's something like I, I, I can't get, I don't know, it's it's part of the reason why that as much as I enjoy doing a podcast, I don't frequently listen to podcasts, which is weird, yeah. right? <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I love podcasts, and they apply very well to certain things, right? To me, podcasts is like the new talk radio, yeah. right? And you and, and you can hone in on certain topics. I, the reason I don't care for a lot of these audio dramas, and it just depends on what they are. I I don't know how it's going to work for something like this because zombie-related you know, related materials – is often visually driven, right? Yeah. If you can't see the kills, I don't know how it's going to translate to just audio. You know, there are some audio dramas I like, right? There's a, there's a lot of draw, uh, Doctor Who audio dramas. And I love those because they write them and do them in a sense that it works, right? Because there's more to it than the visuals. And I just, I don't know. I, I will probably give it a shot and I'm excited about the concept. I guess I'm just excited that there's something new out there. I just don't know. I don't know how the the zombie yeah. genre will translate over to audio only. No, absolutely. I'm very concerned about that because, like you said, a lot of zombie movies do rely heavily on blood and gore. I mean, if you if you look at the history of zombie movies, I mean, it's Dawn of the Dead. It's you know, what are the most iconic you know scenes in that movie? It's people getting ripped open. It's people getting bit. People getting shot. You know, it's it's this whole you know encompassing idea that zombies need to be seen in order to be kind of t terrifying. Um, but yeah, I'll give it a shot though. I'll definitely give it a try for sure. Yeah. I feel like we need easily to try it uh, so that we can, uh, so we can kind of report on it a little bit, maybe do a mini review. See now, whether we see it through for 24 episodes, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> because if we get an episode or two into it and it's just like, we're dragging, <laughs> I'm not committing to 24 episodes of this thing. But I am giving our listeners the the word our word that we will give at least minimally the first episode a shot and see how it goes from there. We'll Amen. take it episode by episode, and we'll we'll, we'll do that anyway. Uh, moving on, uh, 
George P. Wilbur passed away on February 1st at the age of 81. Uh, he played Michael Myers in Halloween 4 and Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Um, it's wild because you hear you know, guys like this, and a lot of them, when they pass away, you, you, know, you know, the name, doesn't, it doesn't hit you, right? Because you don't, you know, they're under the mask. And a lot of times, uh, you know, you have your big, your big guys, right? Your big names that do these kind of things. Uh, but a lot of the guys under the masks in these movies are, are, don't get the recognition uh, during their lives that they often deserve. Now, I, I say that, but then in the horror circuits, you know, you do a lot of conventions and things, and, and it's a little probably more accepting. But, uh, you know, it, you know, George P. Wilmer is not one of those names that jumps at you, but uh, we uh, you know, right. like to send out our thoughts to his family and friends uh, on his passing. I had some exciting movie news, though. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. are returning for I Know What You Did Last Summer sequel. It's coming from Sony Pictures and directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson. And uh, it looks like it'll be a legacy movie with returning characters and fresh faces. Ike, uh, have you seen I Know What You Did Last Summer? Oh, of course. I've seen uh, I've seen all of those. Uh, my favorite one is definitely the one where Jack Black is randomly in the movie. Um, <laughs> love it. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I will definitely be watching this because... If we learned anything from the Scream kind of legacy movie, I guess is what you could call it, um, it, it, it can definitely work, especially if the original actors are on board. I love Freddie Prince Jr. and I love Jennifer Love Hewitt, so I will definitely yeah. be watching this, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, remake, reboot movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, this is a it's a very popular thing right now, right, with the, the Scream movies, uh, with the uh, the Halloween movies. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, there's rumblings, you know, of the with the uh, Friday the 13th, the Crystal Lake prequel series kind of tying in a little. I mean, it's similar to this. And uh, there's been some late lately, some rumblings of, you know, a Friday the 13th, uh, a new movie from the other production side of it. Yeah. Uh, different from the series. Uh, so but this is a big thing. These legacy type movies. And uh, I had to chuckle because in the Scream movies, uh, one of the latest ones, whichever one it is. I don't know if it was the fifth one, the new, the latest one maybe, where they discuss this kind of stuff, right? They talk about legacy movie, and that's I, I believe that's what it was, wasn't it? Because they they say, oh, you're you know your legacy characters or whatever, when she's talking to Dewey and stuff. Uh, yeah, where, I think know, they called it a requel. <laughs> a requel, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, where they uh the original characters in, but again, it's a, it's a good movie, so uh, I look forward to see it if it's done right, and 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 backed properly and written right, you know, it, it could be enjoyable. So absolutely, we'll see. What happens there? Uh, but so let's take a quick break. Uh, like I said, we don't have any new releases this week. We apologize. Uh, but let's take a break. When we come back, we will have our review at Knock at the Cabin. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, we're back here on Listen to Their Screams. Uh, I'm Dave, joined by Ike, and we are now going to review Knock at the Cavern, put out by Universal. It was released in theaters on February 3rd, 2023. Ike and I both went to theaters and saw this movie. Uh, a quick uh, little snippet of what the movie's about. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Uh, a few facts. Uh, opening weekend, it did $14.2 billion, and that was good enough to knock Avatar off and earn the number one spot for the weekend. So, again, Ike, this is a recurring theme that we just we, we have to mention pretty much every episode, it seems like. 2022 was a banner year for horror. Uh, 
And we said it when we recapped and we started to transition to 2023 that as good as 2022 was, 2023 looks to be and is lining up to be even bigger. I mean, we've already had Knock at the Cabin and Megan, who are which are two big movies, and we've not even hit Scream yet coming out in March, which is like kind of the the you know the one that everybody's you know clamoring for, me included. And uh, so, but here we are. Uh, I mean, in February, and there's already been two big releases in the first two months. Uh, so 2023 is just, I'm telling you, it, it's it looks like it's just keeping on. Uh, this movie was based on the 2018 novel The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. Um, so I, we gave a little snippet earlier where we both kind of spilled the beans that we both enjoyed the movie. <laughs> but let's discuss it a little more. Uh, go, in, go ahead, dive into it. Tell me what you thought of uh, Knock at the Cabin. Absolutely. So uh, for people who have not watched this movie, um, I would highly recommend that, A, you just stop listening right now. I know you love hearing us talk. I know you love hearing my voice, my silky smooth voice. But I would highly like recommend butter. <laughs> like butter. But I highly recommend that you stop listening now. And here's why. Because we in order for us to truly talk about this movie, we do have to talk about some of the twists. And in order for me to do that, I have to spoil the movie for you, and I don't want to do that. So I'm gonna give an extra special, genuine, heartfelt stop listening right now. Anyways. You've been <laughs> so, warned. You've been warned. So here's the deal. Going into Knock at the Cabin, you you say, okay, look, this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. That's the first thing that you think to yourself. When you think of an M. Night Shyamalan movie, what is the one thing that everybody on this earth says when they think of M. Night Shyamalan? A twist. Yes. Everyone says there's going to be a twist. You expect yes. a twist. You yes. are going to demand a twist. Amen. And this movie did not give you a twist. That is right. <laughs> this movie and you know what it was refreshing yes absolutely that's exactly what i was gonna say this movie literally said nothing for you nothing for you today what you saw in the trailer is exactly what the fuck is happening this shit is not fake this shit is not a twist this is real life and that is the biggest twist of all m night Shyamalan has literally taken his identity within hollywood and has literally used it as a element when making a movie because here's the deal diving into the content of this movie um you have a fantastic cast okay you have dave batista i love dave batista dave batista could read me a subpoena for my tax records from the irs and i would i would applaud him so mm-hmm. And it has a bunch of other people and it. it has Jonathan Groff, who uh, plays one of the dads. Um, he actually voices Kristoff from Frozen. Fun fact. Um, Rupert Grant of, uh, you know, Harry Potter fame. Uh, Nikki Amuka Bird and Abby Quinn, who are also two of the people who came to the cabin, um, as well as Ben Aldridge, um, who I've actually never heard of him, but he's one of the dads, too. Anyways. Yeah. Fantastic cast. Uh, Dave mentioned earlier, but M. Night Shyamalan, he casts who he thinks is going to be good in the movie. He doesn't look for these high dollar, high, um, you know, profile people. And, and here's the deal. He picked Dave Batista to play a second grade teacher from Chicago. And I was like, that makes perfect fucking sense. Honestly, I could yeah, see Dave that, Batista being a fucking second grade teacher. Yeah. And they said that they said that he cast him or knew he wanted to work with him after seeing him in Blade Runner 2049. Which Batista was very good in that. Don't get me wrong, but it's a 
it's not like, you know, it's not like he watched Guardians of the Galaxy and thought, oh, yeah, I need to get that guy. You know, right. it's like, and uh, yeah, so it, it is. I, he, M. Night is not afraid to cast based on what he feels is best for his movie. And here's the deal, guys. Dave Bautista, in my opinion, is the star of this movie. Dave Bautista plays a tortured soul, somebody who has been cursed with knowledge, somebody who has been cursed with the coming apocalypse. And he now has to go outside of his very nature and force, not force, but he has to convince somebody to do something horrible. And this movie, it just it literally hit so many checkboxes for me. I mean, it was apocalyptic. It was sad. It was heartfelt. It was literally everything that you want from a horror movie, but also everything you want from a movie in general. Like there were parts of this movie that didn't feel like a horror movie, but that was okay. And then at the final, I guess you could say climax of the movie, Bede Batista literally, you know, he does that, that perfect, like, you know, I don't want to do this, but I know it has to be done kind of thing. And it's just it's beautiful. Dave Batista deserved an award. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, when I watched this movie, right, and I was watching it literally when I went and saw it, I was the only person in the theater, which I, I really <laughs> liked. But I will say when you're watching a, you know, kind of a spooky movie or an intense movie, it's a little creepy when you're in a, a theater by yourself. But anyway, um, I very quickly it was it was very early in this movie when I realized what this movie was and I realized that this movie, this movie was biblical, yes. right? This movie was revelations and this movie, I, I very quickly when I saw them and I'll tell you what triggered it for me. I, I realized that the four, the four people that came into the cabin were the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes. And I realized that with the nurse, right? When she said she was a nurse, and I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute here. And then I started noticing the color shirts they were wearing, which ties in a little bit, right? Cause you had the guy, the, the whatever the, and again, I don't know, I, I'm not a, you know, whatever, biblical scholar. Right. But, you know, the, the, the horseman that's like, I think war, right? The, 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 the redheaded guy with the red shirt and he was had the temper, right? And he had, had the fiery past and the kid, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's the war horseman, right? That's, that's that guy. And then there's the, there's one that's for whatever, for pestilence and healing and things like that. And I thought there's the nurse, right? And then there's one who's with famine and feeding and stuff. Well, the the one lady was she was a cook, a cook right? Yep. She said she loves to feed people. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. And then you had kind of what you know the leader, so to speak, which is typically death, but he has the knowledge, right? And he has the leadership and he has the guidance, as they called it, I think, in the movie, which was Batista. He was a teacher. He was yep. molding use, and he there was very they were very deliberate for him to point out. It's a great responsibility being a teacher, and he said what, however he said it, and knowing that what I say they can take to heart and it can determine their their mindset. So I have to be careful with what I say. And again, that that's what you want in a leader and what a teacher, right? Someone who has mindful of what they say, mindful of what they teach, and the accountability. Yeah. So again, it was very early in the movie. When I thought that's what this is, right? That is what this. And of course, there's the apocalypse thing, right? They said it almost from the get go of the movie. I was I was amazed at how quickly it got to it. You know, it. Yeah. I mean, it really got there quick. And uh, and again, I, I say this a lot. It was an hour and forty minutes, and I'm so happy oh, because yeah. this is not this is not a movie that needed to go two hours plus. And uh, it was wonderful. But um, 
again, I did. I noticed the horseman, and I thought, oh, that's I like that, right? I I I, I like I like where they're going with this, right? Because I I, I you know to, to be I'm going to be respectful of people and their beliefs, but when you you can't take certain things literal, right? Right. If there were to be an end times as depicted in the Bible, it's not going to be word for word what they say in the Bible. It's going to be something within that scope, but in the modern setting, which is what right. this movie kind of did, right? With the, uh, the, the you know, whatever, the sickness that was like a plague and the, the earthquake and the, the, the uh, what, what, what all was it? You know, I don't even know what all there was. The tsunami, I think, as part of that and stuff. And the plane, the planes falling out of the sky blew my mind. That was freaky. Yeah. So well, that that's what I was gonna say next, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I was, what I was gonna yeah. mention next is they talked about the four plagues upon humanity, and yes. it, it still kind of gives me chills because every time that they released a plague, the the first person they killed was Rupert Grant, and yes. as we said, he was war, and yes. before he dies, he puts on a white like like silk mask thing and he says part of humanity has been judged and then they kill him and it releases a plague and it's like he said that and it gave me chills and i'm like okay this is just like some because at first here's the thing i noticed there there are four of them and i was like if they're going apocalypse four horsemen makes sense but i'm thinking to myself there's no way they're going that route this is this is it's going to be a twist and then the one of the dads is a lawyer and he starts talking yeah. about how um, that they're a part of a cult. And I'm like, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. Yeah. They're mentioning it. They're saying it early to try and throw me off. It, it's it's going to be a cult or like a doomsday type thing. This isn't real. And yeah. so the first guy dies. And uh, I think that's when they said that there is going to be like flooding. Right. That was the first uh, plague. Um, yeah. And, and there is a flood. But and they even mention it the first earthquake that caused the first tsunami had happened four hours earlier prior to them being there. So they could have planned it. Right. It was a fluke. And they really make you believe that. And then the second person, um, which was the the cook, um, you know, when she says part of humanity has been judged and they kill her and they're like uh, disease. And and they're definitely trying to play up on like the COVID kind of type thing. And, Mm -hmm. And, and the guy's like, oh, I've been seeing reports about this disease for weeks. Like, this has been happening. You know, that, that this is a fluke. You know, you guys are crazy. But then the one that really got me, the one that got me was when the 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 uh, the third lady, the, the nurse, the nurse. died. Mm-hmm. And the plane started falling out of the sky. Yep. And the earth was scorched by God's fingers. And you're just like, holy shit, they, this, this is real. Like, what? Yeah, and, and it was like several hundred planes. It yes. wasn't just like a handful. It was like worldwide, several hundred planes. It was wild. And 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 I think the thing that I think the most chilling part of this movie, because Batista, you know, Dave Batista's character, he he goes, you know, he's like, after I'm gone, you'll have only a, a little bit of time to decide. Because basically, wh- how they decide to kill somebody is if they say no. If yes. they say, no, we're not going to do this, they have to kill one of them and unleash a plague. Well, the yeah. f- the fourth plague is eternal darkness. And I remember he says that you only have so much time, but he sits down in the chair, pulls out a knife, and he says all of humanity has been judged and kills himself. Yeah. And like just the chills that I got when he said that, 
and like you can hear the shakiness of his voice but he has like that clarity where he's like this has to happen and you're just like holy shit this is dave batista this is a guy who i i would never expect to be able to pull this off and it's just oh my god it's still i love yeah. it <laughs> yeah it was yeah he was so sincere in the movie right he did so they all of them did the the, the, the four that played the, the horseman character types they they were you could tell they were very conflicted right they didn't want yeah. to do this the, the, the first guy saying i'm so fucking scared you know because he knew what was coming at that point we didn't know what was coming but it was so sincere that they don't want to do this. They don't want to die. They don't want to sacrifice themselves, but they have to, or someone they love or someone or just chunk of the world is going to. And, and it was so, it was so sincere. It felt so yeah. sincere. And it was, again, the whole movie, I, I loved it. Cause right from the get go, when Batista walks up and he's bonding with this girl and it makes sense now, because at first when you see it, and he's bonding with this little girl, and talking to her, you're like, why is he talking like this? it's kind of. But then when you find out he's a teacher, a second grade teacher, it makes sense. Right. He knew how to communicate and interact with a child that age. And um, I like when the others are coming and the, and the girl questions, are those your friends? And he's, she's, he's like, they are people I work with or however he said it. <laughs> right. Showing that he didn't necessarily like these people or what they were doing, but they had a job to do together. And um, and it was it was so good. And, and then the. Oh, the whole tie together with the the boogie shoe song. How you know that at early in the movie, and uh, you know they're co- they're going to this vacation and it's this happy time, this family time, and they're they're singing and dancing in the car to the song, and then when it's you know all said and done and this they get in the car and when they turn it on that song's still playing, or it's, it's playing it you know it's like oh, and and you know they turn it off and on a couple times you know not knowing what to do. But ultimately, they turn it on, leave it on. It's kind of it's kind of this optimism of, well, we did this. We had to do this. We will, you know, we will remember the sacrifices, et cetera. One of the things I think I enjoyed best about this movie, and to me, that is a stroke of genius by M. Night, is he used M. Night used his own place. And I, you kind of mentioned this earlier, used his own place in Hollywood, his own devices, his own cliches, so to speak, that he's known yeah. for. He used them as plot devices without them being part of the story. Because like you said, you're watching this movie waiting for the twist, waiting for what's 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 not what am I not seeing? And instead, what you just get is this really enjoyable movie and it keeps you it adds to that suspense because you're waiting for something that's not there, which is suspenseful in its own right. And it's not a you're disappointed in the end, but it feels because let's let's be frank, sometimes it's gotten to the point where his his twists have become a little tired. Yeah. And and you you know it's almost like where you feel like oh I have to, or he would think I oh I have to put this in there right I had to put something in there because that's that's me it's what I do, and that's what people want to see. And there's this old adage in certain you know things it's it's really it's been around for decades it's this this saying in professional wrestling of how can I miss you if you don't go away? Right. And, and it was back in the days when there were territories and, you know, a professional wrestler would go to another territory for a while and they come back. And, you know, and if they're gone for six months to a year, people go crazy because, oh, he's been gone and we haven't seen him. That's kind of what will happen here. If he goes for a little bit and doesn't use this, you know, the, the, the twist. And then if he drops a good one in on the movie, it'll be great because it'll be like, yeah. oh, it's M9. It's classic M9 back. And, and it'll, you know. It'll feel that way. It won't feel tired anymore. 
So it's it's brilliant in my eyes. And and again, I'm I'm not saying I'm the I enjoy M Night Shyamalan, but I'm not saying I'm the the world's biggest fan per se. And he's you know he's got a lot of misses out there in my eyes. But um, but man, Knock at the Cabin is not it. It is it is a great great movie. Uh, I it was just it was just I mean I I, I say it all the time. It's my go to word because it's what I want in a movie. It was fun. It was fun yeah. to watch. It was enjoyable to watch. It um, it was pretty straightforward. There wasn't like there was anything groundbreaking. It it wasn't like there was anything over the top spectacular about this, per se. It was just well done, well shot, well acted, well written. It was just a solid fun movie. And Absolutely. and and that's I think that's what he needed. I think it was the best route to go. And um. I, I, like I said, I, I fully enjoyed it. I, I, so I, do you have any more? I, I cut you off there. Did you have anything else to say about uh, Knock at the Cabin? No, I just got to say that, you know, I, I have to agree. It's It was a very raw movie in a way. Um, it didn't pull its punches. It, it, it really explores a lot of those kind of like, because it, deal, it deals with like trauma at a young age too. It talks about how, you know, this little girl is having to bear witness to this and like, how is that going to affect her and how is that going to, you know, and, and even Leonard talks about, you know, I wish that you didn't have to be here for this. And it really addresses yeah. all of those fears of not only being a human, but of being a parent. Right. I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine how a parent would feel watching this, you know, yeah. and seeing a, a little child being present for all of this horribleness. And yeah. so it really touches on a lot of those really deep seated fears that humans have and I just it, it, M. Night really did a really good job with this. He, in a respectful way, talked about religion. He, you know, included this concept of like, you know, the end of times and, you know, what can be done to prevent this. And, you know, and the people who were chosen, they they struggle with why us? Why should we help people? You know, it's a gay couple. They were talking about why should we help the rest of the world when the rest of the world hates us? They despise us. You know, why should we help them? And. And it talks about like the fallibility of humans and the fallibility of man. Like these are because the one father was like, you know, yes, these people are bad, but there's always hope. And it's just. Oh. Yeah, I think it again. My takeaway. Yes, the movie it was is, is a depiction, quote unquote, of the end times and the four horsemen. But to me, the gist of the movie was was it was about the sacrifice part. Right. Right. And it was so I think broader scope is and, and, and I think it was the to me and I, and I could be wrong. Right. I didn't write the movie, but what I pulled from it. And, and again, I, I again, I don't want to talk hot button topics or political topics, but I, I feel like it's a little bit applicable here. It's the the scope of the parenting, the sacrifice coupled together. Right. And I think it ties again to me. There's. There's a lot of issues and things that tie into that, too, right? And there's the the issue of of women's rights and their and yeah. their self choice, their bodily choice, right? My body, my choice, so to speak. And what happens if it comes down? And it's it's a very split, hot button topic of in certain instances. What do you do in an instance when it's the the, the mother or the child or you know things like that? And even I think that ties it could tie into it if, if if you're in a certain I think it's a movie that depending on your walk of life can pull different emotions from you in different aspects but I think it all keys in on that sacrifice part right right 
would would us or would one of us in a situation, maybe not even as global as this, but just in in a situation, would we could we be selfless enough to make a decision or to make a self-sacrifice for the good of someone else or for a greater good? And I know it's very easy for someone to say, absolutely. Yes, I would. You know, if 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 we were somewhere and, and there was someone, you know, whatever, instigating a violent act, I could step up and I could do something, even if it meant it it, it cost me my life or cost me whatever to save a group of people. It's, it's easy to say. It's easy to say and it's noble to say and to have that mindset. But when you're put in that situation, it's not it's not so easy. It's not so easy to to, to think. Or, or, or to, to to be able to do that. And so I think that's really, to me, again, I think a lot of people could pull a lot of different things from watching this movie. And maybe I'm overthinking it because I do that a lot of times. But I think the key of the movie is about the, the, the struggle of, 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 of sacrificing. And, and could you do it? Whatever it is. And, um, you know, put in that situation where you were with your family, your significant other, and your child, even if you 100% without a shadow of a doubt knew that if you did not make the choice, a chunk of the world would die, a chunk of the world that you possibly don't know one person in, right? Potentially don't even know anybody in that chunk. Could you sacrifice someone from your family one life to save thousands, right? Because that's an age-old mindset, an age-old you know, literate, literary and, and whatever value that you know, the life of one does, does not outweigh the life of many. Right. I mean, that's a that's a huge thing. And I think that ties into it as well. So I I, I don't know. Again, that's just my, my mind was willing with this movie with so many things. And, I, and that's what just kept pulling at me was that sacrifice. Right. And, and could you do it? And, and it's it's tough. It's it's a weird situation. And not even, I'm not even saying in time sacrifice, just it could be something smaller, but still life changing for you, you know, for that person. It's hard. It, it's, it's hard to, it's to say in those situations. Right. It's yeah. weird, but, uh, you know, and it's, again, I thought it was a very, very, it's, it, it, that's, that's, again, it's a sign of a good movie, right? It's a fun movie. It was fun to watch, but man, it was, uh, you know, a day or two later, I'm really sitting here <laughs> thinking, and I'm thinking, man, was there, you know, was there more to that movie than what, you know, I first thought just, you know, cause when I first came out of it, I thought, ah, that was just a fun watch. It didn't have the twist. It's not as deep, you know, it's not as, it's not as heavy and deep as he tries to be sometimes. That's great. And then a few days later, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe there was, maybe there were some more layers there, you know, that I, that you don't see on first glance. And it's one of those movies I, I can't wait to watch again. Yeah. And see what it, on a second view, what I pick up on and what it makes me feel. So, um, and again, I could be a bunch of poppycock. I could be overthinking because sometimes I, I try to see things that aren't there. But, uh, but uh, no, I, I, if I had to say this movie does have a deeper meaning. It has to just just by the way it was done. I mean, oh, man, there I mean, there's so much you could pull from it, like you said. I mean, our, our interpretations are only two of many that I've seen on the Internet. And, yeah, it's that's one of my favorite things about movies like this is that it, it's a great movie. You have fun watching it. You enjoy it. But then you can also think about it and it just constantly revolves and evolves your opinion of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And there's no. It's not necessarily that any that someone's right or wrong, right? Because right. it's based on personal feelings and personal experience. If I watch the movie and what really jumps at me is the sacrifice part of it, that's just because I'm that's what you know 
what I'm taking away from my mindset at that time. And that's what hit on me. Someone else can watch that movie and completely connect with someone else. There could be a chef who could connect with that feeding people part or a nurse. You know, you know, they could key on a, a, it's a small element of it, right, that really hits home with them. It's a, you know, and, and that's what's great about movies and, and, and entertainment and stuff like that. You know, things like that. It's just performance arts. It's man, it can strike. It strikes people in different ways. And it, you know, it's not right or wrong. It's it's because it's about the feeling. Right. And how you feel. So, uh, man, I think we've pumped this one up enough. We really <laughs> uh, we've, we've again, it was a fun movie. It's a great movie. Let's rate this thing, because I will say, though, I don't I don't depict it as a per, quote unquote perfect movie. No, because to me, there's no there, again, there's not I'm not seeing a lot of faults in the movie, but there's nothing. There's not anything groundbreaking. Right. There's nothing that's changing the industry or changing our approach or whatever you want to say. But it was a great, great movie. If I'm going to rate this thing, I am giving it four screams out of five. Yep. I, I, I was leaning towards three and a half screams, but the more we talked about it and here's the deal. I, I think the thing that really kind of evolves this movie for me to make it even better than that initial watch is basically the thought behind it, you know, so I, I agree. I think four star, four screams out of five would be how I would rate this film. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is one of the the better, more enjoyable movies we reviewed so far. Um, but again, I don't I don't view it as a perfect movie because it's not shaking. You know, it's not shaking anything up, not breaking new ground. Right. It's not doing something that that puts it on a pedestal as one of those landmark Library of Congress type movies. But it is a fun, fun movie, a enjoyable movie. And again, it's one of those movies that's, you know, it, it's got me longing to watch it again. And it's got one of those movies that, again, whether there's a, a deeper thought or deeper element to it or not, who knows? Maybe there's not. But if the movie is triggering me enough that it's causing me to think things through and pick things up, that's an effective movie. Oh, yeah. On that on that on that level. So. So even if even if there's nothing more there, it's it's good enough that it's it's triggering, you know, it, it's making me feel and think something so. Uh, well done it was a fun movie uh again you know if you haven't seen it we spoiled it for you man we warned you two or three times so yeah. whatever no apologies here but go see the movie hopefully you have seen it i mean it did well it was number one so i'm guessing a lot of you that are listening to us have already seen it so uh next week we're watching another new movie that's coming out called the outwaters uh this one's got a lot of hype behind it here a lot of people talking about it it's a found footage movie we're going to see if the recent string of found footage movies that I have enjoyed continues on because I enjoyed the VHS movies. I enjoyed Deadstream, and uh, I was I was very, very adamant that before that found footage was a tired trope for me and that uh, I just was not enjoying much. And then we've had a string that's changed my mind. So what will Outwaters do? So we'll discuss that next episode. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us and follow us on social media that we mentioned earlier. So, Ike, before we get out of here, uh Anything else you want to throw in there? A part of humanity has been judged. Yeah, probably me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, 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 it's going to be a part of this podcast has been judged. <laughs> that that will be that will be our go to line when one of us says something that the other disagrees with and, and gives us that oh shit moment. That's how we will. That's how we'll bring it up. The other person has full license <laughs> to say. A part of this podcast has been judged. <laughs> Amen. 
I feel like we're going to use we're going to probably overuse that much like, you know, some of the other things we did in the past. But that's OK. <laughs> that's all right. So, again, next week, we'll be reviewing the found footage film Outwaters. It's a new release. Plus, we will have the new segment, The Wives Rebuttal, with our wives, Monica and Kayla. You will get to hear the uh, the two ladies uh, behind us that we talk about every week. And you're going to get to hear them come on and try to tell us why we're wrong. But uh, I, 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 I'm already I haven't even heard their argument. And I'm telling them I'm right. I, I disagree with what they say. <laughs> even before. <True. laughs> if they're. They're trying to counter my point. Oh, I'm sorry, you're wrong. But uh, we'll get to hear we'll get to hear their argument next episode. But until then, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>